to the CHGO White Sox podcast coming to you live from Studio A of our CHGO offices here in the West Loop of Chicago. I'm Sean Anderson alongside me, the full CHGO White Sox crew. That's Vinny Duber. Follow him at Vinny Duber. You can read his latest piece up at allchgo.com about John Brebbia. Uh, the announcement has been made official. John Brebbia is a White Sox. Romy Gonzalez, DFA, dun, 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 dun. We'll also get Vinny's uh, journeys with the Boys and Girls Club, Club and the Chicago White Sox from yesterday. Chatted with Pedro Grafol and others. And we'll talk about SoxFest 2025 returning along with, uh, I'm blanking on the other topic. Hi, Herb. Hi. That's Herb Lawrence. You can Hello. follow him at Ectorwall23. He's our CHGO White Sox community leader. More fallout from yesterday's announcer, oh, right. annou- announcer we, announcement. Well, th- honestly, yeah. Vinny, we kind of had it. I feel like we had that segment done before the show. I feel like you and I just chatted about. Yeah, really. Uh, yeah. I feel so, like we got that segment done. So hopefully, <laughs> hopefully Sarah was running the mics while we were talking here, and we can put it up later because we're not going to do that again. All right. So let's jump into <laughs> SoxFest 2025. I think first on it was uh, Ryan McGuffey who said, I'm hearing rumors that SoxFest was returning. And then just a little bit later, they made it official. Uh, they sent out a press release, had the picture January 25th, or January 24th and 25th of next year, 2025. SoxFest will return to celebrate the 20th anniversary of the 2005 World Series team and the 125th anniversary of the Sox organization location. And ticket info will come at a later date. Uh, what are our thoughts? Because we keep hearing, you know, where is SoxFest? Where is SoxFest? Where is SoxFest? I think we've done like four podcasts on where is SoxFest. <laughs> it's back. You got your wish, everybody. SoxFest is back. Not necessarily my wish, but that's okay. No, I didn't want uh, but Respectfully, no. I did not but want But that's this. okay. They don't put it on for me. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, you got your wish. Uh, again, we're short on details. They were short on details other than, you know, it sounds like maybe that would be the kickoff of some year-long celebrations for some a- pretty important anniversaries. Uh, the 125th anniversary of the White Sox will be uh, next the year. The Chicago White Sox. So this is 100 years of them being in Chicago. 125. Oh, 125. Yeah, they yeah. were uh, they were a team before this. St. Paul. Like they weren't. Yeah, right. They yeah. weren't just. But it wasn't like a major league team, though. Yes. It's the 125th anniversary of the White Sox. Before I was so rudely interrupted. Well, no, I'm sorry because I went to Baseball <laughs> Reference. The first season's 1901. Like the first actual season's 1901. Yeah. So, yeah. It's so like, that counts. So 2025 will be 125. Yeah. The one counts. One count. One, two, three. It, one is one. One is one. Okay. Well, It'll uh, be the I'm, 125th season of White Sox baseball. Yeah. In 2025. Okay. I'm on Wikipedia. It says based in Chicago since 1900. So like I think that's what I thought. That's Maybe that's what it when was. they were established after the 1900 season was over. Yeah. Ooh. Mm. I think the American League was established in 1901. Yes. So like. I think maybe 2026, they'll celebrate the 125 years of the American League. Okay, well, you can go to SoxFest 2026 for that big <laughs> celebration. But, uh, no, that's a cool one, and I'm sure, you know, uh, you know, I'm sure we'll see maybe some retro jerseys uh, rolled out throughout the year, you know, on certain days and stuff like that. But I would imagine that'll be the kickoff of a big year-long celebration for that. 20 years of the World Series team is a, uh, a big deal for a lot of folks here in Chicago. I mean, listen, we... we there are so many people who still, because it was what yesterday or today, is the is the anniversary of uh, Super Bowl, the Bears yep, Super Bowl, correct. and people 38. still talk about the 1985 Chicago Bear team. 
People still talk about the 2005 White Sox team, and that will be uh, celebrated uh, again, I would imagine, throughout next season. So SoxFest might serve as a kickoff to both of those uh, celebrations. But hey, you guys have missed it. This will uh, 2020 was the last time it happened, so uh, uh, quite the hiatus here. But um, we'll see where they put it. Uh, it was at McCormick Place, obviously, in 2020. Um, long, long time, uh, for a long time, it was at the Hilton, uh, right over here. Um, but they, they didn't announce where it will be, so we're going to be sitting and waiting to find out the location. But uh, you get your Sox Fest back, and uh, I'm sure you'll have plenty of questions for all the various panels that will be, uh, that will be there, chiefly that one probably run by the front office I would imagine yeah and I like that the White Sox are doing this I had gripes that they hadn't returned to doing this because other teams had resumed it after the pandemic and so this is nice fan outreach for the White Sox to do this because people have been clamoring for it while the White Sox during the season for the most part haven't been good that's a time when you get together and see some of the people who made you White Sox fans uh, see a Frank Thomas show up there a Dan Pasqua a uh, Don the Pope, uh, Don Paul showing up. I was talking to our guy Jim. Jim said he saw Alex Centron there one year. <laughs> what? Alex it Cent- had to be the year that well, Alex Centron was on the white side. Yeah, if he yeah. shows up late after he did play, like, who the fuck? Who? Alex- I mean, because also Alex Centron was kind of a jerk. It still is in the Astros' uh, dugout. Maybe someone brought an Alex Centron jersey from the garage, the garage sale, sale and just oh, yeah. wore it, and Jim saw that guy. It's not my thing. As a White Sox fan, I never liked it, but I've also been a media member, so I saw how the sausage had been made and getting autographs for me. It's not a big thing, but I understand people who love it and who – Look forward to that January night where you get to go out and see some of your heroes up close and personal, get an autograph from these people. Bringing it back is awesome. What they're doing tonight for the season ticket holders, I think was like kind of like a kickoff. It's like, hey, we're giving you, we see you out there. Thank you for supporting us through this tough time. And then now next year they can get everything ready and rolling back for the fans. This is a nice outreach for the White Sox. In an offseason worth a lot of negativity, this is a huge positive for the White Sox. Well, I'll, I'll say this too about the, the 2005 anniversary if you love that 2005 team, and if you're watching this show, you probably do. Yes. There's probably it's not going to just be like, oh, one panel where four guys from that they got are up there. You know, it's going to be like a whole two day celebration of that 2005 team. I would not be surprised if they can if they drag out basically everybody they can find Chris from that Widger. team. Brandon McCarthy. Oh, that'd be excellent. Why He's not? Awesome speaker. Right. Why not? He's and, snarky. And I think, I, you know, you, like I said, so, there have been Sox Fests in the past where it's like, all right, we'll throw John Garland and uh, Jose Contreras up there and they'll and, and AJ and they'll talk about, oh, yeah, 2005 was so great. Now you're talking like full programming all, uh, all about that 2005 team. So I would imagine there's going to be a bunch of people who are very happy that this anniversary is the time they're able to go back to SoxFest. And introducing number 27, Jamie Burke. He had one plate appearance. There you go. Um, White Sox legend. Raul Casanova, maybe. Uh, I, I really hope they bring out every single person. Uh, it would be great to see every single person from 2005. I'm like saying, if I'm you had think, one, are they still with us. You had one at bat. I'll look through. If you had one at bat, still with does, us do you get the ring? Does Jamie Burke get the ring? Yeah. It doesn't list him as a World Series winner on his baseball record. I'm sure page. They, they all, the White Sox gave announcers rings. I'm sure a person that actually participated in 2005 got a ring. 
They gave everybody a ring. Jerry was very uh, nice about that. Very, very nice, Jerry. Generous. Um, so I did ask the Discord, our diehards, uh, what were some positive memories that they've had from previous Tech Talks? Uh, Socks Mom said, I absolutely loved you all the years. From previous TED Talks? <laughs> oh, <laughs> my bad. <laughs> so in the same note, I, I did a, a TikTok about Socks Fest coming back, and I made some jokes. Um, and one of them was, the last joke was, the whole setup was, Oh, if the season ticket holder thing goes well, maybe they'll have it at the Field Museum. And the last one was, and a TED Talk from Carl Everett on why dinosaurs aren't real. Um, so that was all right. He'll be all back. Flat. Um, I think so, TED Talks have to be, you know, like, true. Well, it was a yeah. joke. Yeah. I know you take everything literally. I, sometimes we joke. Hey. Uh, I also said that they were going to exhume the body of Charles Comiskey. Oh, that's God. okay. Uh, hey, Carl Everett was correct. But dinosaurs weren't in the Bible. Dinosaurs weren't in the Bible. That's true. I mean, he is he is right about that. Uh, but Sox Mom said, I absolutely loved all the years I went to Sox Fest. I probably attended eight different times. The seminars where fans could ask questions of Kenny were always entertaining. The players were chatty and kind. They often brought in old players like Bo Jackson. The after hours at the hotel with other, uh, other Sox fans was great. Occasionally, a player at Broadcaster would step in to socialize. Uh, one year, they had shoeless Joe Jackson's bat that you could hold. Uh, you had to put gloves on to do so. But how cool is that? One year, they partied with Mark Burley's family uh, and the garage sale was always cool where you can get a no-name player authentic jersey for 50 bucks uh, and getting to meet the prospects was nice and AJ said that there was a White Sox theme escape room last time and that's enough for me being a White Sox fan already feels like an escape room uh, so thank you AJ for that one but uh, Jim also echoed that he went for a day those six hours were worth it you know he got to see the garage sale the old merchandise that people are able to bring out he Praise the panels for being interesting. You know, that 2005 panel might be fun. You know, everyone's sharing memories. Maybe Mark Burley knows the exact amount of beer he drank. Uh, Ozzie Guillen, I didn't realize this, on one podcast with uh, White Sox Talk podcast, uh, he said that Freddie Garcia drank a bottle of wine, an entire bottle of wine before his World Series start. I mean. So they were drinking. <laughs> I mean, there's a reason why I wore the long sleeves. Got there's a reason he was sweating so damn much. Got to sweat that out. Sweating that out. <laughs> uh, wine. Wine is, uh, you want to chug a bottle of wine before going out and doing a sport? It worked. Fair, <laughs> it worked. Ooh, I don't know if he chugged it. Maybe he was sipping on it. Maybe he was smoking Still, something. Just ingesting you know? it. That is, you well, are, that, that is a recipe for vomiting. Someone, <laughs> yeah. that, that's oh. fair. Um, but someone said uh, that... Alcohol is banned by the Olympics because it's a muscle relaxant. So maybe maybe there was something in there. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, it'd be great to see Tadahito Aguchi, Juan Uribe, and uh, maybe they bring his kid up there too. And you know, because he's still in the White Sox. Yes. Yeah. So I mean, hey, it'll be fun to see all the people come out. Uh, do you guys have a guess? I mean, it's obviously a year out mm -hmm. from now. Um, but a guess on where they might. Hold I mean, it? I. <laughs> I don't have a get again. This is none of this is information. This is just me no. speculating. But I mean, keep the Hilton in mind, right? I mean, that's a place where not only the Sox had their convention for many years, but but the Cubs had their convention for many years. The Bears had their convention over there. Blackhawks, mm -hmm. um, I think too. Yeah. So I mean, that that place is just kind of familiar, and so they, you know, I think there's. The people who will be running it probably very well know how things operate over at that building. Um, uh, there were some challenges, I think, with the, with being at McCormick Place, whether it was, you know, it's just huge. the size of that room yeah. or the fact that it was all kind of out in the open with everything. I think maybe the separate rooms is kind of, you know, attractive in some regards. So uh, 
I, keep it in mind, but again, this is Chicago. There's a ton of places where they could have something like that, a ton of places where they could fit something like that, uh, and I'm sure that that uh, one hotel or the one convention center are not the only places they, that they would be considering. I mean, the Cubs do their thing now at the Sheridan right across on uh, Columbus. White Sox, when I first started working with the score, which was at NBC Tower, uh, did it at the Sheridan also in the basement, and it was, it was well attended, and I think this is going to be double well attended because they're bringing it back after five years and because of the 2005 um, reunion coming back and the celebration of that this is going to be I think a big huge event because of the build-up from all those things so they need a big space and I know people are thinking well the Cubs can do that because they have a bunch of fans I'm telling you this is going to be one of the biggest hottest tickets for the White Sox in 2025 because of all the factors I just named so they need a big space I mean not necessarily McCormick place because that's way too big it was it was selling out during the rebuilding years Mm -hmm. I mean obviously people were excited about the future in a way that they might not currently right right now be but I mean listen whenever somebody tries to tell me oh it's a Cubs town it's a Cubs town guys there's no shortage of White Sox fans it's uh it they there is certainly enough to not only fill up a ballpark but but sell out Sox fest uh there's no shortage of that so uh I I don't think you're off base there Herb at all uh thankfully I can report that no players from the 2005 uh, team have passed away except for Frank Thomas well, he has not. <laughs> nice. Good oh, job. I got you. I'm sorry. I didn't. Um, it, it, for the people that don't understand that joke. Don't even explain it. I no, will because the podcast people won't know that you're joking that the you, other you Frank Thomas You two got it. Most died. people get it. The other Frank Thomas, yes, the older former twin, I believe. And uh, I don't Fox get it. News. Sarah reported. has no idea what you're talking about. No. no? Yeah. She's Fox News reported that Frank Thomas, our Frank Thomas, had died. And everybody was like, what the? is going on and then frank thomas had to do a uh, instagram post himself to say you know i'm alive that other frank thomas is dead and rest in peace that other frank thomas oh wait does this mean the return of don cooper don cooper don, cooper, don cooper don cooper and ethan katz like a pitching round table brian bannister floyd bannister can come back don cooper oh this is this i don't know if great. don cooper and the white Sox relationship is in that that great but i'm if sure they, he'll come back for his people yeah, if they pay him enough money i mean who won't come back? Uh, I'm looking right now at the coaches. Joey Cora is alive. Art Kushner. Kushner is alive. Okay. Uh, Lee Mansu is alive. And Tim Raines is alive. So, maybe. We're here. We got everyone. So, that's good. Uh, all right. Debo still with us? Who? He wasn't on the team. I don't no. think he was. Did you say Debo? <laughs> yeah. I don't think Debo was there yet. Uh, but all right. Whenever they have a reunion of the 2016 to- team, though, uh, Debo will be there. All right. Uh, let's take a break, and we'll let you know about our friends over at Circa Sportsbook. It's a big day on Sunday, and you should be betting, if any, if you are betting, uh, with our friends over at Circa Sportsbook. They have tight money line splits and a low hold model. Games will strive to be a minus 110 split on the Circa Sports menu, unlike other sportsbooks, which may use a minus 115 split or minus 120 split. And Circa keeps as little money as possible on large market bets like futures and golf tournaments, especially compared to other books, which allows them to offer these prices and these lines. They're high app limits and transparency allows you to not be limited on your winnings every player has the same limits unlike other books who do not limit winning players and they encourage bettors to download and explore all sports betting apps available to compare lines from sports books because likely since they are the world's largest sports book uh, they will have the best number each and every time you look to bet a game and Plus, if you run into an issue with our friends over at Circus Sportsbook, there are people behind the Circus Sports brand who resolve issues in a timely fashion, unlike other books who use chat box, and all aspects of the app are being run by the same team that runs the main Circus Sportsbook at at Circus Resort and Casino 
in Las Vegas. If you are looking to bet the Chiefs and Ravens game, Circa has that at minus 110, uh, plus 4 or minus 4 for the Ravens, who are favorites, and uh, plus 4 for the Chiefs, who are uh, underdogs. And then in the Lions and Niners game, uh, Circa has that line at plus 7, uh, plus 100 on the side for the Lions if you like the underdog, and minus 7 if you like the favorite uh, Niners at minus 120. Download the Circa Sports app at circasports.com slash illinois-app. That's circasports.com slash illinois-app to sign up today. Also be on the lookout for Circa events, watch parties, and tailgates. If you or some of you know, if you or some of you know may have a problem with gambling, call 1-800-GAMBLER, 1-800-426-2537. Text GMB833-234 or visit areyoureallywinning.com. My turn? I guess it's our turn. We got to sing first, right? <clears throat> Five eight eight two three hundred Empire. Guys, with Empire today, you get shop at home convenience, the right product for your needs, quick and professional installation, and a low price guarantee. Empire is the best place to get new flooring, so of course they've got those copycats that you've been hearing so much about. But Empire can't be beaten on quality, service, or speed. So competitors advertise low-quality products that Empire simply won't carry. Empire won't promise the lowest prices because anyone who does that is putting flooring in your home that they would not put in theirs. Empire's philosophy is to help you find what you need, not to overwhelm you with thousands of choices and substitutes. What they leave out of their selection is as important as what they put in. Empire's product team exhaustively combs through thousands of product samples each year to find the perfect styles. That virtual floor designer, that's a great way to see how new floors will look in any space. It's easy. Snap a picture and instantly see how new floors will look in your room. Have we tried yet putting hardwood in on guaranteed rate field yet with the virtual floor designer? I'll get out. We gotta get there, right? And then like just put the uh, camera on. Oh, I'll it. check it out. So go out there, Sean. <laughs> I will probably involve a lot of downloading of pictures. But uh, guys, they pride themselves on their convenient shop at home service. They help customers shop for floors where they use their floors so they can see exactly what new floors will look like in their home's lighting so they can make an informed decision. So here's your call to action, folks. Schedule a free in-home estimate today. All listeners can receive a $350 off discount when they use the promo code CHGO. Restrictions do apply. See empiretoday.com slash CHGO for details. Mm. Taking the, I mean, downloading the picture was easy. Yeah, you have to snap a picture. So I do, I'll, I'll do that opening day if I, if I get in the building. Uh, let's go to the super chat from Beef Loaf. We appreciate it, Beef. Uh, he Gives us a $10 ship chat. Thank you very much, Beef. Uh, which member of the 2005 White Sox will get booed at next year's Sox Fest, a la Jerry Krause and his widow? I mean, it's easy. Kenny Williams, of course, will get a derisive uh, cheer. Will uh, he be there? Oh, 100%. He's going to be there because he put that team together. As Jerry Reinsdorf, or as Jerry Krause, he doesn't deserve to be booed, especially when he's being honored and the team that he put together. I get it. Kenny and his whole tenure, probably not the White Sox fans' favorite person. But that's his team that he put together. And it might have been a shot in the dark, a flash in the pan. But where else? Who other? Which other general manager has put together a White Sox World Series champion in Chicago? None. And Kenny did, Williams. Did they have general managers they in 1917? Did, they did not. It was just uh, <laughs> Charles Comiskey doing his. They just signed anyone who could get there by railroad. Yeah, get here. All right. We're going to pay you $3. Here you go. Get your ass out of here. Um, but, yeah, Kenny Williams should get a, a rousing cheer. I know he won't. He'll probably get booed lustily. And that's up to White Sox fans to do that if they want to do that. But I guarantee he will uh, shake it off and it's like, hey, man, this is you guys won the championship. These people behind me are the people that I brought together. So 
he will be the person to be lustily booed. Do you guys know the name of the manager for the 1917 White Sox? Yeah, World? Pants Rollin. Okay, why has that not been brought up on this show before? That his first name is Pants? <laughs> no, it's it's Clarence Henry, but oh. a, a nickname. Nickname's Pants. Everybody, oh, back yeah. in the day. I, Jim's our Pants. With his, his jeans. I guess he's more jeans than pants. Yeah, he probably wore, like, different type of jeans. Like, ooh, fancy pants Rollins over here. This fucking guy. Look at his Wikipedia photo. I mean, that guy was styling. I mean, that's I would kill for that hat. That's a, um, a nice bowler. Vinny, who's getting booed? I mean, Herb said it. I, I don't think there's really anybody from the roster that people dislike, right? See? No. That's the thing. Not one person. You, you said that there was an easy answer, and I'm shocked you didn't say it. There, I don't think Kenny gets booed. Oh, come on. There's Look at Jeffrey general- Waterman already already make an excuse and say Sox won in spite of KW, not because of him. Hey, Jeff, they, f- they won. They, w- they, they won. won because of him. They won. Who cares? Go ahead. They what won. were you going to say? Who There's gets booed? one person that will get booed. Who? And he currently coaches for the Cubs. Willie Harris. No. No, they're going to boo him because he coaches for the Cubs. Absolutely There's not. absolutely going to be booed. Score the winning think, run. I don't I, think, I know. I don't think, man, I, I don't think a large percentage know. of per- people in that room are going to know okay. that he coaches for that's the fair. Cubs. He, but I think there will be at least, I, I think that no one will get booed, and that's why I think there'll be at least like five boos for Willie Harris because he's a Cub guy. Is he still a Cub? Yeah, I think he's, so. He uh, transferred over from uh, the David Ross crew? Actually, I don't know. Okay. Yeah, I mean, uh, Wikipedia still has him as the third base coach. Okay. Oh, he will not get booed. Willie Harris is beloved in this town. I'm not on saying. On both sides of the town. I'm not saying you should boo him. I'm just saying, if anyone, I think it's the guy that's got the most cub ties. And just to get with Jeffrey, like, he traded Carlos Lee for Scott Pitsednik and Luis Vizcaino, actively making that team the team that it was. Sign Shingo Takatsu. Sign one of your favorite players. A.J. Brzezinski signed Jermaine Dye. I mean, what are we doing? What are we doing? Like, those people he signed traded Esteban Loaiza for Jose Contreras. Like, these people are moves that Kenny actually made to make that team better. So, you can hate all you want. He produced that 2005 championship team that won 99 games in the regular season and went 11-1 in the postseason. Like, you can hate all the rest of his career. 2005, whether it's a fluke or he actually did it, he deserves the credit for it. What I want to know is, will Steve Perry be there? Oh. <laughs> He's a Giants guy. He hey, was at the parade. He was. was he? Yeah. yeah. You don't no. remember that? Oh, That yes. dude took every opportunity. Yeah. Damn right. Hell yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean he left Journey. He probably, you know, his dollars went down. He's like, hey, man, I need to be on every fucking baseball team. The White Sox, the San Francisco Giants, Well, didn't whoever, they, whoever lets me go. Didn't that happen because they heard it at a bar and they were mocking it? Yeah, they're mocking "Don't Stop Believing," so it wasn't like, "Oh, we love this song." <laughs> turned it. It turned. Uh, hey, it, t- it became the anthem, whether they meant it to or not. That's that's why they won, folks. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't. You look at the 2005 season, and Scott Potsdam was a better player than uh, uh, Carlos uh, Lee, uh, at least by WAR standards. And then you get also a, a WAR from Vizcaino. Mm-hmm. I mean. That's at least making the team better. You got two players instead of one, and that one player uh, was better than the other guy. I mean, Podsednik, at least for 2005, was better than Carlos Lee. Yeah. So it was it was the right move. Also, too, um, they're having they're bringing back Soxfest just for this team. I think that should tell you uh, all you need to know about how important and special this team is. I mean, it I seemed still... like they were allergic to having Soxfest. I didn't think it was going to come back. It makes sense that they're doing it now, um, but. I mean, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm surprised by it. You drive around, you drive around, you still see those license plate brackets. 
<laughs> yeah, you go to the ball game, you still see everybody's wearing their hat from the World Series season. Mm-hmm. Like for Christmas, I got the keychain with the the call on it. There you go. There you go. <laughs> I mean, you could ask any White Sox fan who the starting lineup of that team. Maybe that not name it up and down the roster, but they know the people. And they will swear that the trade of Aaron Rowan for Jim Tomey was a bad one, which I don't think it was either. They were still won 90 games, and they still love that team. It's a beloved team because it's the only. It's the one. It's our 85 Bears, as Vinny says. And those guys will never pay for a drink. I guarantee Luis Viscano goes in the bar. No one knows who he is. He says, I'm Luis Viscano. He's like, hey, calm down. Put your wallet away, man. I got you. Uh, that whole, that whole, uh, that whole uh, phrase... And that whole idea never makes sense to me. No. Oh, the, the, the sports stars who brought the championship to the city, they'll never pay for a drink in this town again. They're millionaires. They are. They should right. be paying for everybody else's drinks. They should be. <laughs> but do you think Jim McMahon comes in town and everybody's like, hey, give me some money, Jim McMahon? No. You're Jim McMahon. Jamie Burke. <laughs> right. For your one well, that, bat. That's the thing, too. Like, what, what level does that... That, that get cut off? Is it a Jamie Burke that doesn't get a drink? I don't know if Jeff like, Janeiro gets a fucking right. drink. Because, like, who? Bajanero. And who is Jeff Bajanero traded for? Probably somebody good. Alex Centron, baby. Bring it back. Full circle. Bring it back. Um, can you go one through nine? Um, for yeah. game, the game four lineup? Of the actual lineup team. I mean, um, I, 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 I think it's what you lineup, think. Right? Sednik, yeah. Gucci, Canerco, Die. No. Die, Canerco? Yeah. Uh, Die, Canerco, AJ? Mm hmm. Rowan, mm-hmm. Creedy, mm-hmm. Uribe, mm-hmm. Oguchi. King- oh, well, oh, I already said Oguchi. Yeah, you already said Oguchi. Yeah. You, you need Uribe the was the end. No, I mean, I said it all of them. You need the pitcher. Oh, uh, for game what? Four. I mean, you could just. Oh, Freddy Garcia. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Um, you could have named any pitcher. I mean, that's the, the DH is our guy. Carl Everett. Oh, yeah. Carl Everett. Pinched hit for Tadio And that's Oguchi. the weird thing. Like, Frank Thomas, your best player of all time, who hit 12 home runs that year, briefly. <laughs> And got hurt, and you still won the World Series. What was his injury? I forgot what it was. He was on fire. Oh, yeah. It was, like, the greatest 32 <laughs> games of his career. He crushed like, every ball. How, again, like, I don't, it doesn't make sense that they won the World Series without him. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Like, he got hurt the year before, too. Like, I, my strong contention is the 2004 team might have been better than the 2005 team, but Maglio got hurt in 2004. This is last year of the White Sox, and Frank got hurt. And it was like, and guess who hurt Maglio? Who hurt Maglio? Willie Harris. It was that play. Remember when uh, I think it was um, hey, Purple Hazley and I forgot who else who got, he got his ACL uh, torn? Danny Mendick. Danny mm-hmm. Mendick. It was that same type of play where Willie Harris was going back on a ball. Maglio was coming in and he tore his knee up. And then that was the end of his White Sox career. The Willie Garcia, Yohan Moncada play. Yeah. It's been a dangerous one throughout team history. Oh. <laughs> Fractured his foot. Um, Frank Thomas. And I didn't know that he pitched uh, the uh, first pitch at the game one of the divisional series against the Boston, uh, Boston Red Sox. What a feeling uh, for Frank Thomas, he said. All right. Uh, I think we could take another break here. Make sure you hit the thumbs up button. I do want to give a shout out to AJ, it's Baseball Kid, and uh, Sox Mom 72 for their uh, personal stories from Sox Fest. And if you do want to become a diehard, feel free to sign up. AllCHGO.com. When you do sign up, you get the box on the table and it's full of a shirt of your choice uh you uh get a membership card you get stickers uh and you get access to the chgo discord uh we call it the chgo lounge and we're gonna have more and more uh 
content coming out for our diehards, uh, both through the Discord uh, and then also on our website right now. I think every beat in the past week has put out a brand new diehard piece. Vinny's got his uh, mailbag that he answered uh, diehard questions from. I know that uh, Will Gottlieb just put out a post about the Bulls uh, diehard. I should have pulled this up before. Uh, but anyways, the point being, uh, go check out our diehard program. Yeah, if you guys are here and you guys need some more convincing on diehard, uh, Melissa, AJ, others who are right here in the chat can tell you, like, if you want to get our attention off the air, right there in that CHGO Diehard Discord is where you can get it. We all answer questions in the Diehard. We participate. You can participate with other people who are in the Discord chat for our Diehard. So it's all good. So before I keep on going, I want to tell you, Sean, you, Vinny, and you back at home that Midtown has four Chicago land locations, Palatine in the northwest suburbs, Bannockburn in the, in the North Shore, Willowbrook in the southwest suburbs, and Midtown Athletic Club and Hotel in the middle of Bucktown and Lincoln Park. Midtown Palatine has launched a multi-million dollar transformation of the club, which will be complete in early 2024, and Midtown is offering a no initiation fees for the Bannockburn, Palatine, and Willowbrook locations through January, so hurry up and get over there. You only got like five days to go in this month because there's something for everyone at Midtown, whether you're looking for uh, holistic wellness, you're looking to be make some lifestyle changes in 2024, you're a single person or a married person like myself, pretty much. Um, Midtown has everything you have. I'm, I've been engaged forever. These two got engaged after me, and I'm still engaged. I was going to say, you're the only one of the three of us who isn't married. Yeah. <laughs> Midtown Chicago has the nicest fitness clubs I've ever been to. Just, we're taking our time. <laughs> Nothing wrong with it. No, but you no. just you just lied about being married. With, that's all. We're theoretically married. Just haven't signed the paperwork. Where's my ring? I'm oh, not oh, married. Oh, 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 trouble. Well, Sean's no longer married. Uh, all right, it's been real, Sean. Sean is no longer married. Uh, super luxe locker rooms at Midtown with wet and dry saunas and premium amenities. Amazing indoor and outdoor pools and hot tubs. A collection of boutique fitness studios with more than a hundred classes per week. You can train in the arena. If you want to do some yoga, Samadhi has you covered. My favorite is the group exercise place where it's called the theater. You get to work without with other people and a trainer in front of you. It makes it really fun for you. But Midtown, for me, is known for its tennis courts because it has the best tennis courts and programming in the sport. Midtown has indoor, outdoor tennis, pickleball, and paddleball tennis. USTA professional quality all the way. Head on over to midtown.com slash CHGO and find out more and schedule a tour of the Midtown Athletic Club nearest you. Thanks, Herb. We also want to let you know about our friends over at Ray CDJR. If you're in the new market for a if you are in the market for a new vehicle, uh, we have some great news for you. Our partner at Ray, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, and Ram in Fox Lake is starting their Ray resolution with the Start Something New sales event. And do you know what that means? You'll be able to shop incredible savings on every new vehicle in stock because they want to clear out the lot to make room for brand new 2024 vehicles. For a limited time, get up to $9,000 off new Jeep models with dealer discount. And that's not all. Shop their latest shop their last call on remaining 2023 Dodge Challenger and Charger models, including Hellcats, Scat Packs, and more. Dodge is the most powerful muscle car brand, so you don't want to miss out on their last call with over 20 Dodge muscle cars to choose from. At Ray CDJR, you'll always be able to shop one of Chicagoland's largest inventories and drive home with more money in your pocket than you'd expect thanks to Ray's price promise. Don't miss out 
Shop great deals all month long and save big because Ray CDJR makes buying a new vehicle more affordable than ever. Fans can get a free oil change when you mention CHGO at the service center or mention CHGO when you book online at RayCDJR.com slash service. That's RayCDJR.com slash service, but you have to schedule before January 31st. If you are in the new market for a new vehicle, then you have to check out the team at Ray Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram because they're the only team we recommend. Visit them today on Route 12 in Fox Lake. For more information, visit RayCDJR.com. CDJR in Fox Lake or RayCDJR.com, serving the community since 1963. And I feel just uh, remiss to not be more up to date uh, on the diehard stuff at the time that I was telling you that about that. But uh, recently, Adam Hogue posted a Bears things about why Caleb Williams wouldn't want or uh, why wouldn't Caleb Williams want to be a bear. Uh, the Blackhawks have been doing a great job. Uh, Jay and Mario have the Blackhawks beat and then also the Blackhawks rebuild report for diehards that they've been posting. And then again, uh, Vinny had his diehard mailbag that he answered and Will Gottlieb had a post from the 19th about the Bulls taking a lesson from the Raptors uh, and trade DeMar DeRozan and Caruso while keeping Levine. So if you are interested in that extra content, please check out the diehard program. Shout out to Connor for the super chat, the $2 super chat, where of course he's dropping Shingo Takatsu stats uh 204 era <laughs> plus in 2004 uh 86 era plus in 2005 and uh oh, the drop of 118 is the biggest drop ever uh might be i also got a, a question while we, we were doing the ad break i got a question on twitter does john brebia have more b's in his last name than any other player in white Sox history hmm. that's a question that i fielded on twitter I don't know how I'll ever find that. I don't know how you'd have to just go through guys' names. Connor? Yeah. (laughs) What you should do, here's a a way to do it. Here's a way to do it. Go to the uniform history page on baseball reference, right? Click open all numbers. So every player that has ever worn a jersey number for the White Sox is shown. And then control F double B and see if there's anyone with more than, because that's how you're going to rack up. B's is by having consecutive B's, I would imagine. And it's so. la- last name only? Uh, yeah, for this okay. purpose. Well, yes. I'll, I'll, get, I'll get through this and, and try to find this. I'm already <laughs> at eight, Alex and Tron's number. Um, he's the last number to, person to wear Can eight. you not open them all at once? I did. Oh, okay. Uh, I, I just oh, have to then scroll. hit control F. I, I got it, Vin. I know how to work Double B. Okay, there's 23. All right. There Literally, you go. Uh, Skeeter Webb. Uh, Skeeter. Chuck, <laughs> Chuck Stobbs. <laughs> Jeff Abbott, Jim Abbott, um, no. Greg Hibbard, the little bulldog. Uh, <laughs> this is great radio. I didn't want to do this. I think it kind of it, is. <laughs> it is. Earl Webb. I don't think anybody's going to beat it because having f- three B's in your name is a lot. Jimmy Gobble. That's two. <laughs> but remember Jimmy Gobble? <laughs> yeah, I do. The former Royal. <laughs> great. Jimmy Gobble. You don't remember, you don't remember Jimmy Flo? Gobble? No. Yeah. Gobble, gobble. Yeah. yeah. yeah like a turkey. That's Thanksgiving's funny. favorite baseball uh, player. Daniel Webb. I think he R.I.P. Mm-hmm. Rob Dibble. Greg Hibbard. Daniel oh. Webb. Yeah, no, that, no. That's the, it. He, John Brebbia takes the cake. Congratulations, John <laughs> Brebbia. For, uh, yeah, the player with the most B's and the first person in the... Uh, See in the uh, alf- uh, almanac. I f- yes, I feel uh, r- r- remiss that like there might be a guy that has like B, R E B, and then ends maybe B A. I don't know. You think that there is someone with maybe. four non-consecutive B's <laughs> in their last name? <laughs> Come on, Sean. It would have to be long like Incarnacion, but you know, Knickerbocker, Bill Knickerbocker. That was a name. 1941. Okay, all right. I could just Black do this all day long. Uh, Red Cress. 
Smeed Jolly. Smeed. Smeed. Why are we naming kids Smeed anymore? <laughs> All right. Uh, let's get into Vinny's adventure over at the Boys and Girls Club with the White Sox. Ten of them, right? I think there was supposed to be 11, and Colson Montgomery couldn't make it. But Correct. there's 10. Yes. Um, so what stood out from the 10-plus Pedro? Yeah, I mean, listen, I'm obviously going to get to talk to these guys more in depth come spring training, but uh, good to catch up with them while it's technically still the off season, and uh, you know they can have a, you, you can talk to them with a little more focus on kind of the changes that have happened since the end of last season. So for guys that are coming back, guys like Yoan Moncada, guys like Andrew Benintendi, who were both there, um, it's about what have they done differently in the off season? Benintendi uh, kind of forecasted at the end of last year what he was going to be working on trying to get stronger he said in all facets but certainly muscular uh strength is is part of that so he's been lifting a lot of weights four or five times a week with the weightlifting, uh and that he's eating a lot mm. too does he look bigger uh a little like a, like a neck his neck looks a little oh, okay. bigger let's go uh let's go. so there's that but obviously he's, he's wearing like a long work. he's wearing like a jersey over a long sleeve shirt like there wasn't there's only so much you can tell but uh but yeah i mean he's obviously focused on that for a while um and moncada feels good moncada feels healthy obviously talking with confidence about what he's going to be able to do but uh he had a, a good line yesterday when it was brought up that this could be his last year with the with the white Sox. he said uh he said i think god has saved something for me at the end here or something like that so um you know a guy talking with confidence and, and a guy talking uh like he's feeling good which again for moncada that's been what we've been talking about for years now is how does he feel how healthy is he so um and then there's new guys that have that are have arrived uh got to talk with nikki lopez the local product uh really nice guy by the way but uh just talking about kind of he knows what's going on out there he, he said hey i we hear that we're picked to finish last and all this and he's talking about trying to prove not necessarily those people wrong but prove them right that they believe that they can be not that you know and so uh this is a guy who played for the royals when pedro Grifo was in kansas city talked uh, about kind of that that new style that pedro wants to play that might be royals inspired but also you know d-backs inspired as we've been talking about and kind of maybe what might be a different looking game that the white Sox are playing nicky lopez is probably all about that kind of thing right he's one of those kind of grindy defense first uh, do the little things type guys and i think the white Sox have placed an emphasis on bringing those guys into the organization again who knows if that's going to equal wins but they think it will be beneficiary beneficial to them um and that they will be able to do some things that they just were not able to do last year uh we did hear from pedro grafol who talked about some of the guys he, he's, he's talked about moncada feeling a lot better too he talked about aloy jimenez working on a swing that helps him get the ball in the air a little bit more again these are obvious things that everybody was was looking at last year that needed to be fixed going into uh the season but how many times have we seen those things not get fixed now we're at least hearing that the work has been done to try to fix them so um and then uh pedro also made uh dylan cease the opening day starter probably the earliest named opening day starter in team history perhaps because I've, i've always found it so funny how that's like such a thing at spring training and it's like Hey, are you ready to name your opening day starter? Is it going to be the guy who, you know, uh, threw a no-hitter for you last year and is your best pitcher? Oh, we'll see. We've got some things to iron out. We don't know. Yeah, it's going to be him. But so The suspense was killing us. Right. So so, so Pedro uh, made it easy on us this year. We don't have to spend uh, 
three different days during the spring asking him about that. Dylan Cease, should he remain in a White Sox uniform, will be the team's opening day starter. Again, shocking, I know. But uh, And then uh, I got to talk for a very small bit to Nick Nestrini, minor league pitcher for the White Sox, who is uh, hell-bent on not being a minor league pitcher. Uh, he, <laughs> he said to me that his goal is to leave camp as one of the 26 guys on that major league roster. We heard it from him. I mean, I think before the season even ended last year, uh, and and it was interesting. One of the questions I asked him was, you know, what were you happy about last year? You you did well. What would you? What were you happy about? And he was like, I was actually bummed that the season ended. He wanted to. He, right. he felt he was heating up, and he wanted to keep pitching. So uh, he also said uh, he also had uh, his eyes kind of popped when I brought up uh, Jordan Leisure, oh, who he okay. says is nasty and could very easily make the big league team with the with the stuff that he has so there you go those are the highlights from yesterday I, uh, i'm sure i'll be writing a little bit more um off of some of those conversations but uh like i said good to kind of catch up mid off season when you can talk a little bit more focused about the off season rather than get to spring training and already be looking ahead uh toward when the games are are, are going to be starting so uh it was it was nice to see uh everybody and uh you know, I don't know how excited that makes uh, the folks at the folks at home, but uh, like I said, good to hear from them. As an adult, you kind of get jaded, especially an adult White Sox fan. You get jaded about seeing those players at the Boys and Girls Club in Bridgeport, but I guarantee those kids had a ball. Like Yoel Mankata's here, Andrew Benintendi's here, Nick Nostrini's here. These people are coming out and showing some us some support and coming out and playing with us it's a good feeling for those kids and a little outreach for the white Sox. it's good in the middle of winter as they don't really have a thing except for the the, the season ticket holder thing tonight to come up here and to show some support for the local boys and girls club which is a very important uh tool i didn't have to use it back in the day because you know i lived in wheaton so it was kind of you know frou-frou but boys and girls club i think pedro spoke about it that it's very vital to people especially when you're just looking for extra to do and to have the white Sox, major league baseball players to show come out and show support i'm sure those kids had a excellent time pedro said he he was uh, attended i don't know what the correct verbiage verbiage might be but attended the what was then just the boys club uh when he was growing up in miami area yeah yeah and probably helped him in his life yeah moving forward um, just to bring this up to go off of the boys and girls discussion, uh, to go back to Jordan Leisure, because um, I missed this. Uh, MLB Pipeline, back on January 10th, put out uh, Pipeline's executive prospect poll for best pitchability. Uh, Jordan Leisure uh, received votes for best fastball, uh, and the stuff is a 123 uh, stuff plus down Oof. on the minors and a 116 uh, stuff plus on a slider. So uh, the eye test from Nick Nostrini is nasty, and the the uh, the Hawkeye camera is saying it's nasty as well. So yeah, I mean, that's as we, exciting. As we talk about a bullpen where we think we can plug some guys in, certainly the aforementioned John Brebia, but uh, you know, outside of him and Santos and Tim Hill, who's going to make up this bullpen? It, it certainly seems like there'd be an opportunity for someone like Leisure if he can. You know, if he's ready to, to go ahead and, and crack that that relief core. Um, another thing that Pedro said yesterday that I'll bring up real quick, it, it kind of in that vein, I asked him, like, hey, half the guys here today or yesterday uh, are minor leaguers. They have no major league experience, but a lot of them are going to be going to big league camp. What sort of actual opportunity do these guys have to make the team? I think the, the position the White Sox are in, he said, he said that these guys are going to be allowed to compete for jobs, and, and I don't think that that's really ridiculous. Obviously, there are some guys who the White Sox want to make sure are ready for that. You know what I mean? A, a, a guy like a 20-year-old Edgar Caro, that might be 
rushing things a little bit, but like I keep saying, if Colson Montgomery shows up and is reaching base at a 400 clip in, in spring training, is there is the, can you give me a, a, a real ironclad reason why he can't be on this team? I mean, it's not like it's I, I, get, I get the not wanting to rush, and, and, and I think at the end of the day, he'll probably start it in AAA because they want to make sure everything's perfect from a defensive standpoint. But I think the opportunity is there to show up Prove that, prove to the White Sox that you are ready. I don't see why you couldn't make a team like this. And speaking of Kenny and, and Rick, how about those trades at the end yeah, of their right. tenure, man? I mean, you're going to maybe get Jordan Leisure in the bullpen. Nick Nestrini wants to leave for and, and be in the rotation this year for Joe Kelly and Lance Lynn on their last years. Baby. Well, and then Kendall Graveman, I mean, it's unfortunate what happened, but yeah. he's out for all of 2024, so you got Corey Lee for – a half a season for uh, Kendall Graveman. I know that Corey Lee had five hits uh, in 2023, but there's still, as you brought up on that athletic podcast, there's still some in- industry uh, interest in Corey Lee. So, hey, maybe Corey Lee can go down to Charlotte and, and prove something. Uh, what's the other trade? Oh, and then, I mean, they traded Lucas G. Lito and Ronaldo Lopez to the Angels just for them to trade him to the Guardians. So it's like they that trade they won immediately with yeah. uh, Caro and Kai Bush. Right. So, uh, no, I mean, it was a fantastic uh, run from uh, Rick and Ken at, at that trade deadline. And, and two, the one that they, they, they we don't bring up that often because it's lopsided right now. The Jake Berger for Jake Eater trade. Right. But I mean, even then, I mean, Eater's still a top 30 prospect. I mean, it's just it, he had a, a bad half a season. We'll see what the six years of Jake Eater's real career are. Um, but no, I mean, I think you look at the top 30 and I think there's probably like what? 10, 10 from the trade deadline alone, uh, which is uh, you know a really great job there. So it's unfortunate that they were in that position, but uh, still good. Uh, so Nestrini's interesting, and it's interesting that he wanted more. Uh, had four starts in AAA. Two of them were great. Two of them were horrible. Uh, six hits, two uh, six innings, two hits, two earned, nine strikeouts in his first uh, start against the Jum- uh, Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp. And in his last start, five innings, no hits, no walks, mm. three strikeouts, no earned runs. Uh, so that's a well, the end last, on a high note. The last start was a perfect game, wasn't it? Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, or no hitter. Five innings of perf- perfect game, I think. Um, yeah. I'll look at Before them. they took him out, but yeah. Yeah, five innings of perfect game, and then they gave it up in the seventh. Um, so it wasn't a full perfect game, but yeah, no, he was completely perfect. Uh, and But the other two, two and two-thirds, where he gave up uh, two earned runs, walked five, and then six innings, which isn't bad, but six earned runs, uh, three walks, I think, you know, not the greatest there. But the biggest thing is you see 116 innings pitched the previous year, and then 114 innings this year. It seemed like the White Sox, too, kind of slowed him down once they acquired him. He pitched on August 31st, September 6th, September 13th, September 24th. So it seems like there was a little bit of a gap in between the way he was pitching. I don't think they were using him as much as they could have, which means, hey, this is a guy that could probably pitch 130, 140 innings. If the biggest need for this team, I think Chris Getz said, is starting pitching innings, if Nostrini really looks sharp, uh, I, I absolutely can see him being like that one guy that makes it out of camp. And remember, Number two, it's not all, it's not all or nothing. If he has, if he starts the season in AAA, he could be here in May. He could be here in in June, July, whenever. I mean, it's it's certainly not an all or nothing situation where it's like, boy, this is Nestrini's chance to make the team, and then, uh oh. I mean, you've seen it. A starting pitcher can get hurt one week into the season, oh, yeah. and then you got to go to the next guy down on that list. So, um, I would very much expect him to 
to play for the major league team this season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And I don't think I like the attitude or love the attitude. Hey, I want to break camp with the team. That's what all minor leaguers should think. And I like that he's verbalizing it to you guys in the media and letting it be known. For, for the most part, unless they get injuries, as we discussed earlier, Vinny, they won't need a fit starter in the first rotation around and maybe went into the second rotation. So even if he makes the team, I don't think he will be used initially. And so that will be a, a shot against him to just go down to the minors and get innings in there. So I like the, the mindset of him saying, I'm going to make this damn team, even if he doesn't, as Vinny says. He still has a goal to go and pitch for the major league team. I want people who want to pitch for the major league team who don't do, are satisfied with being down in the minors. That is the guy that I'm looking forward to seeing. Absolutely. Uh, and he's got apparently four pitches. So, I mean, let's see what he does against major league hitters. I, I'm, I'm all for Nick Destrini being uh, hyped up to make the major league team. Uh, the other thing that you brought up was Aloy Jimenez's hands. Um, looking back at StatCast, I feel like his hands – are different from that 2022 season compared to he has the different hands season well the <laughs> hand the, transplant yeah the batting position i'm sorry for the, the phrasing there um <laughs> but you mentioning the lowering of the hands it looked like in 2022 his bottom hand aligned with the sock on his shoulder um like in the black alternates mm-hmm. and then that his hands were a little bit farther back in 2023 um and then maybe a little bit lower so I don't know if he's going to go lower already. Um, there was an article that was pretty interesting from 2017 uh, from Fangraphs where it talks about how Eric Thames lowered his hands in 2017. Aaron Alther uh, lowered his hands, former Philly, right? Uh, Miguel Sano, Gene Segura, Jake Lamb all lowered their hands. Matt Stairs, who was the former Philly hitting coach, was a big proponent of lowering their hands uh, to increase power. So it has helped before and recently in the past for hitters. We'll see if it helps Aloy. I think mainly, too, you just need to clean up that swing. Like, the biggest thing with Aloy is health, obviously. Of course. Which I know Mankata said as well. But the way that his legs are, like, I feel like if he's just a little bit more, let's refine this to a step and swing, I wonder the type of hitter that Aloy is. Because obviously, you know, he, he might feel like he needs all of those mechanics, but you're 6'4", 250. Just swing the bat. And I, I think if you clean that up to be a little bit more natural i guess Streamlined. i guess that's natural for him a, gr- a, gr- a great quote another great quote from yesterday came from nikki lopez when i asked i go hey you've played against these white Sox guys who've been here for a while what do you know that they can do if if things work and he goes if eloy stays healthy he can leave mother earth 45 times that's pretty good. End quote. <laughs> Nikki, awesome. Nikki Lopez might be uh, going up into the broadcast booth Seriously, once he's done. He could leave Mother Earth. Mother Earth. All right, Nikki Lopez. Maybe. I love Let's it. go. Hey, um, hey he's, when we were, <laughs> we're discussing the replacements, we barely talk about the second base spot. Hey, Nikki Lopez can lock down second base for us. I'm in. I mean, he's the second baseman at yeah, the moment. I don't, yeah. No, I'm just saying. Like, <laughs> don't like, there's I, debates about who's on the second base. Gonzalez just got DFA. I don't so. think anybody's like <laughs> arguing, hey, we got to go to this camp with Nicky Lopez. Everybody knows he's a major league second baseman and will get the job done. And now he's got personality, too. We're going to love him here. 
Local product? I know he's answered your DM, so you're all giddy about Aye. him. So relax. He's a here. Naperville guy, I mean, too. It's, it's pretty easy to tell that he'll be the Western starter Burst. as his, his, his uh, yes. competition, we, us, as you said. We both hate Warrenville South. Us, us, Who doesn't? us Western Burbs guys got to gotta stick together, right? Um, no, but as you bring up, I mean, his competition, Zach Remillard and Romy Gonzalez, have been DFA'd this year. So, yeah. I mean, that's also that, pretty that's good. how strong sign. the White Sox feel about Nicky Lopez. Man. I mean, listen, they, 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 they do. I mean, they do. I mean, mm-hmm. it, to, 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 to be honest, like, they think the defense is fantastic. Mm-hmm. And he's shown that he can play really good defense in the past. Now, again, it's another one of these additions where you're wondering maybe throughout the whole lineup, collectively, where is the offense going to come from? But um, in terms of what they set out to do, improve defensively at, se- at second base, they have done that with Nicky Lopez. Um, it's whether that will be enough to to, to – to produce wins, of course. <laughs> right. Um, and how many wins, too? Uh, the line is set at 63 and a half uh, for wins for the White Sox this year. So By who? Uh, the sports books. All of them got together and well, picked the same number? So, I mean, if we could be honest about the way that sports books work, uh, typically Pinnacle sports book sets the lines. They're an international book. Uh, they are like known as the line-making uh, book. And most sports books just copy off of what Pinnacle does. So and it's then kind of a situation a with the when the gas stations are across the street from each yes. other. Right. Got yeah. <laughs> and, and and then too, like since Pinnacle isn't even available in the United States, like if if a, if it lines at like minus one ten on uh, Pinnacle, DraftKings will likely offer it. Or just sorry to use a, a name there. Uh, another sports book in America would put it at like minus one twenty because where, the idea is where else would you go? Hey. You don't. You can name them because Circa encourages you to shop around. Right. Well, Sean. no, no, no. I, true. I just meant more like Circa is. If you're looking at the sports, I don't know why I'm going on this rant. If you're looking at the sports book branch, like Circa and Pinnacle are next to each other. So like Circa is the equivalent to Pinnacle. Pinnacle internationally. Like mm-hmm. if there is a, a Pinnacle in the United States, it is Circa. Um, anyways, so the idea is that these folks think that the White Sox are going to lose 99 games. Ish, right? What's sixty four? What? Well, that yeah. be ninety eight. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah. Yeah, there you go. That's a um, lot. That's an improvement. Well, I, would, I guess I take my, the over. what I was going to say is like that's yeah right. Oh, absolutely. It's hard to lose a hundred games. Well, it, the, it's very hard to do it two years in a row. Uh, I, I, this has been brought up before, but like the easiest and cheapest improvement that you can make is defense, and the way that you stop runs from scoring is defense. There you go. So if you are able to take your defensive. Uh, what defensive run saves from a negative 17 to a positive, like you should be able to at least stop the bleeding from your horrible offense. If Aloy Jimenez, if, 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 if Aloy Jimenez and Yohan Mankata are healthy, you should at least be getting average, consistent uh, performance from them from those positions. So as long as they're an above an OPS of 100, um, you know, you're getting a lot better than what you were getting from third base and DH last year, I guess. You already did the numbers of... of the Arizona Diamondbacks from a couple of years ago from their negative defensive run save to their positive defensive run save, and you see the difference of the team being much better because they improved defensively. We saw the White Sox play last year. I don't necessarily care about the 100 losses. It was just how they played to get those 100 losses. If this team loses 100 games and it's a little bit more aesthetically clean, they're picking the ball up and throwing to first. I won't be happy, but at least the game will be not frustrating like it was in 22 and 23, especially. I mean, yeah, they, I was just going to say, like, they played that same style that made them lose 101 games last year. 
and it and it only made them lose 81 games in 22 they looked the same yes and and, and so Ugh. i'm not just saying that you know the difference between luck is 20 games or something like that but uh the, the point being that, yeah, they might not be 81 and 81 this year, but they are expected to look a lot better than they did even in 22 when they were when they were 500. Well, post trade deadline where this team was like, I think they're in a better spot and I think that they've improved their defense and I think they've improved their pitching. It's just they need can, to score runs. can they score any runs outside of Luis Robert Jr. Uh, Want to go to one of Connor's comments, and then I think we can wrap this show up. Uh, loved this. Made me smile. Connor saying, this team as currently constructed is so unexciting, I couldn't bring myself to update MVP Baseball's roster during a full week's vacation. Wasn't looking forward to editing Paul DeYoung's contact to 54. Thank and that's you, saying Connor. something because Connor and I have spent literal, probably the collective hours probably add up to months of our lives editing MVP baseball rosters. So I remember dissecting a video of Jed Lowry's batting stance at one point in my parents' basement as we edited to make sure that we had the, the most accurate batting stance for Jed Lowry. I love you guys. Where have you guys been <laughs> in my life? That is exactly who I need to hang out with. You don't do that? You're not a weird freak? I know you played <laughs> MLB The Show. Yes, I mean, is. he's still playing uh, MVP baseball, like 2005 version. Oh, yeah. And just updating the rosters. Oof, that's a lot of work. That's a lot of work. I just bought the new game. There is no new game. I mean, not MVP baseball. Right, exactly. But yeah. You could play. You guys are just loyalists. Yeah, like, hey, exactly. I won't be doing this the show garbage. I mean, if you a loyalist ever, her, ever. I got to be honest. The only thing that is better from MLB The Show 2023 was the last one, or is it 24? No, they haven't um, got a new one yet. It, it is honestly just the graphics, and it's easier to see, like, pitches better. Like, so it's like, you know, the it, it's, it looks more like a fastball. It looks yes. more like a curveball, right? But it's not that different. Like, no. honestly, the 2005 MVP baseball game is the greatest baseball game of all time, and it is just copied. Like, MLB The Show 2024 is just copied off of MLB Baseball 2005, and they've been updating it since... 2006. The only thing that got better is the graphics, and I mean that respectfully. Like, that game was just so good that uh, San Diego Studios just have been making the same game for years. The game years. plays a little better. It's a little bit more, less it's clunky. refined. Yeah. It's, it, yeah, it's they like, got their blueprint, and they're like, okay, they like this, they'll love that. They do the thing that uh, Madden doesn't. They refine their games. They build off of what they have made great, and they just try to tweak it each and each year. EA Madden, they just take a hammer to it and break it each and every time they have a new physics. EA engine. got lazy with all their games, and then they tried to give us college baseball. Ugh, just terrible. The game itself was good, though. <sighs> it was just, why are we oh, playing college baseball? Oh, yeah, I loved college baseball. Oh, the 2006 and 2007 with the stadium editor? Like, who the hell do I know here? No one. I don't know any of these college players. Long Beach State. Uh, yeah. Uh, I. Anyways, that's going to do it, I think. You got anything else? We talked. Oh, do you want to give some shots on, thoughts on Schiffrin? Uh, or Schiffrin. Schiffrin. Mm. Gonna take you. A bit you can read Vinny's to- piece up at allchgo.com about new White Sox play-by-play announcer John Schriffen, uh, along with the John Brebbia piece Schriffen. Mm-hmm. Do you want to share? Yeah, I mean, you know, I was on the Zoom with him yesterday, which I believe you guys played on the on the show yesterday while mm-hmm. I was down on down on the South Side. But um, listen, the guy's excited. The guy is billed for, or is, is, is talked about as having a lot of energy, is having a lot of emotion, and I think when you're talking about a local team announcer. Those are the things you want, right? You want it, you want the moment to be exciting when you're excited. And I think John Schriffen is going to be dedicated to trying to deliver that. 
I mean, listen, this whole situation that he has stepped into is colored by a lot of things that are entirely out of his control. Mm-hmm. And so I, I would like just folks, I would just ask folks to remember that. And uh, you can feel however you want to feel about who's not going to be in the booth for the White Sox next year, but don't necessarily make that the end-all be-all of your opinion on the guy who is going to be there. And so, listen, this happens in this industry, right? And I understand that right now there's reasons for folks to feel a certain way, but let's see where we're at in 10 years. Let's see where we're at in 15 years because John Triffin might still be here and might have won everybody over a decade ago. Um, You might identify him as what he said yesterday. What he's planning on being is the voice and face of the White Sox on a nightly basis. So give him a chance to do it before you – get mad at him we got to get a place for him to eat in the, on the south side or the north side i went to a place called choppers today on the north side i drive by that every day oh, i've yeah. never been there love choppers the chop pack is perfect it smells so good it's when smooth. you've got to slow down to a crawl because of that school zone right there yeah. that school zone right there at ashland and uh, north avenue mm-hmm. uh it smells so good you always get stuck sitting right there it's, and it's tough to it park in there good. because it's a small parking lot but the chop pack which is a double cheeseburger some fries and some coleslaw Telling you what, there's a sign Mercy. on the door that says "You deserve a shake today," you and do. every time I look at it, I'm like, "Yeah, I do." You're right, choppers, <laughs> and I'll go right past it. <laughs> I think we're going to be driving home and I'm getting shakes to tonight too. Um, no, your 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 point's right. That again, I, I I know that I think I casted the most negativity, at least out of us uh, on the podcast yesterday. About Certainly, uh, Twitter had your beat. <laughs> yes, well, they usually do. Um, but yeah, I didn't. I I've never heard John Triffin call a game. And the first year might be clunky as him and Steve get to know each other. It's a multi-year deal, so we will know or get to know John Triffin. So we'll see. And I think the boys at 108 said last night, like, I just hope that Steve stays around for a couple years so they get a little rapport because Steve is up there in age. He might not be around here and doing play-by-play and color for that long, but they need to get a rapport. As you said, the first year will be a feeling out period. And Schriffen says that he's going to be the point guard for Steve and get the knowledge out of him. Well, I mean, that's just a play-by-play announcer. Like, I don't know how much I, like, of course, like, that's what you should yeah, But But, uh, hey, um, hey, we've had play-by-play announcers, a Hall of Famer one, didn't get the best out of Steve. That's true, but Hawk was memorable. I just, that's, I guess, my worry with Schriffen. I don't know if he'll be memorable, but we'll see. Uh, I think Treasy E on that same podcast put it uh, the right way, and I brought this up to you. Uh, it's hard, to, if you're Andrew Vaughn, to follow Frank Thomas, Paul Canerco, and Jose Abreu, uh, right? Andrew Vaughn, being the third pick, had a lot of expectations and has been an average to a below average major league player. It's not Andrew Vaughn's fault that he is not Jose Abreu, Paul Canerco, Frank Thomas. Maybe it's Andrew Vaughn's fault that he's not a little bit better of a baseball player. Maybe, you know, maybe he needs to do a little bit more work to get there. Uh, But again, not his fault that he's not those people before him. It's not John Triffin's fault that he's following, and I think that there was no interruption between these two, Jack Brickhouse, Harry Carey, Ken Harrelson, and... Benetti? Yeah, I don't know in that 86 season when Hawk was doing the GM thing who did play-by-play, but yeah, your uh, point is well taken. Like, it's it's a real tough lineage to follow, no matter who that was, whether it's Connor McKnight, Will Fleming, or John Triffin. And that's the one thing, too. Out of those three names, the person I want most is Jason Benetti, so... 
Uh, oh, well. Uh, make sure you hit the thumbs up button. Uh, and if you have like the CHGO White Sox podcast, make sure you subscribe to the CHGO Sports YouTube channel. Uh, we got coverage for all of your favorite Chicago teams. Uh, I don't think the Bulls play tonight or the Blackhawks, but when they do this weekend, we will have post-game shows covering those beats. And we'll be back on Monday with a ton of live shows from CHGO. That's Vinny Duber. You can follow him at Vinny Duber. He's our CHGO White Sox beat writer. Again, read his piece up at allchgo.com about John Triffin and uh, John Brebbia signing. That's Herb Lawrence. You can follow him at Eckenwall23. He's our CHGO White Sox community leader. I'm Sean Anderson, and thank you to Sarah for producing our show. We will talk to you later. Goodbye. You're all silly like the mayor. 